Are you ready to begin your journey out of the realm of just theories and into a world of excitement and experience that only comes with braving the unknown? Join us as we speak to entrepreneurs who have faced the challenges of successfully creating businesses at home as well as abroad. Whether it's arts, services, or tech, from Shanghai to Tokyo, Bangkok to Mumbai, we'll help you find your inspiration and turn it into action. Get ready for Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action. Now welcome your host, Neville J. McKenzie. Today's conversation is with Virginia Cha, Professor in Residence at Platform E, and Petrina Lim, Head for the Centre for Applied Nutrition at Temasek Polytechnic. We'll be discussing Feed Camp 2018, an initiative organised at Platform E, in which Virginia and Petrina are key participants. The issue as thought out by Virginia. Um, you know, wondering out loud, uh, you know that we're going to be something like 9.7 billion people on this earth very soon in the next 20, 30 years. And technical guidance from Petrina. Um, so that's targeting the food manufacturing sector, um, also the food service sectors as well, and trying to encourage this uh, environment of healthier eating for the people. This conversation is part one of a four-part series published on the Asia Tech podcast platform, where I am now a guest host. So now, without further delay, let's begin. Hi, I'm Neville J. McKenzie, and this is the Asia Tech podcast. And today my guests are Virginia Cha and Petrina Lim. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. Good. Um, Virginia, uh, can you just explain to us why you're here? Well, I'm here because I'm really interested to look at food innovation and entrepreneurship together. I want us to, in Singapore, the biggest, the big vision for us is, you know, we've heard of Israel as being the startup nation. And I think that Singapore can be the food startup nation. And I'm here to, to uh, stimulate a conversation about that and to get our entrepreneurs and innovators uh, to excited about this opportunity. So you're, you, I believe you've organized an event called Feed Camp, which will be held in, on the 8th and 10th of November. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's, that's our, the first attempt towards this journey of um, thinking big to be the food startup nation. So can you just tell me a little bit about the program that you've organized? Yeah, well, we're really looking at, uh, well, let me back up a moment. And what really started this whole conversation is about, um, you know, wondering out loud, uh, you know that we're going to be something like 9.7 billion people on this earth very soon in the next 20, 30 years. And the way we've evolved our food production system and the way we uh, handle food waste and so forth, I really think that there needs to be a paradigm shift. And so I started thinking about this, and I think that uh, there are opportunities in the way we, you know, uh, deliver food, the way we make food, the way we grow food, and also the way we deal with the waste. And these are all opportunities for innovations and entrepreneurship and also opportunities for value creation and also do good for society. And so that's really why we're putting this feed camp together. Yeah. And can you just give me a little bit of your background? Um, what experience do you have in the area of innovation? 
Uh, well, I used to be an entrepreneur many years ago, but uh, you know, I always joke that uh, those who can, they do, and those who can't, they teach. So I belong to the uh, teaching category. So I'm an educator in entrepreneurship. I teach entrepreneurship in Singapore. And at Feed Camp, um, my role is the professor in residence for Platform E at SIM. And so uh, what we do is we put together programs to uh, really frameworks to stimulate uh, the innovative thinking of entrepreneurs and to help them craft together a valuable uh, prototype and product and help them go to market and get investors. That's in, in short uh, sentence what we do. And you'll be having a number of groups um, or other represent or people representing other areas. And um, one of those will be Tomasek Polytechnic, and that's who um, Petrina. That's yes, your that's side me. of things. So, can you just tell me your background? Um, well, being the uh, head of the Center for Nutrition uh, Applied Nutrition Services, what my duties are is really bringing different uh, businesses together and providing them the tech expertise to develop healthier food products and meals. Um, so that's targeting the food manufacturing sector, um, also the food service sectors as well, and trying to encourage this uh, environment of healthier eating for the people. So as you know that Singapore really loves food and it's a, they, 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 eat, they, they say that it's, um, it's a hobby of Singaporeans eating. And uh, so now it's trying to change the mindset and moving everyone into healthier foods. But that's for the locals. Uh, but at the same time, we're also stretching our wings and collaborating with uh, neighboring countries. We're also um, working with overseas, like in Japan as well. We've got partners over there. And we're trying to bring bas businesses and also the, the uh, technological um, expertise from overseas into Singapore. Uh, at the same time, uh, they could work with local businesses and kind of um, hold them or handhold them and probably we share the technology expertise. So that's something we're trying to create an environment of sharing and that would be really good, especially for startups as well. Yeah. So, so uh, Virginia, um, you're more or less the organiser of this event here at Platform E. Um, who, who do you hope to participate Ah, okay. Um, first of all, I need to back up a moment and say that uh, we take an ecosystem approach. We oh. don't think we're the organizer or the convener. Um, basically, is a group of uh, partners coming together with a shared common vision. And we all lend our respective expertise. So we really appreciate our ecosystem partners. Mm -hmm. um, the kind of people we're looking for are entrepreneurs, or even innovators who are even uh, professionals who are in a career and they're always been curious about food because, because they have a passion for food. Mm -hmm. And, you know, earlier we all know that Singaporeans love food. Um, so because we love food, we have all these ideas about how to improve it uh, and how to build upon it. And this uh, boot camp is really a platform for people to explore their ideas. We're often off offering them sort of a safe environment for them to experiment. And also we line up a number of experts who they can consult on. And we're mm -hmm. also going to do design thinking to spur the uh, uh, innovative thinking and come up with uh, out-of-box ideas and to experiment with it. 
So I'm, I'm looking at the program here in front of me, and you mentioned it, a boot camp. Mm. Can you just explain what's, how the boot camp's going to work? Well, uh, the boot camp. So basically, uh, in consideration that some of our participants might actually be you know, working during yeah. the daytime, we organized the, the feed camp. We call it the feed camp. Uh, the boot camp is on Thursday night, Friday night, and all day Saturday. So uh, why it's called boot camp is it's, it's very short, compressed, very intense, and there's a tangible outcome uh, out of the uh, you know, two evenings and one full day on Saturday. Um, you come together, you meet like-minded people like you who are doing experimentation, and it's facilitated. We have experts, we have design thinking, we have stu- people from Stanford coming over, and it's, the whole idea is to really come together, very short, intense um, period to ideate and to experiment mm. and to have some tangible outcome from it. And um, what kind of outcome are you looking for? Well, uh, f- well, obviously, uh, over a weekend, we cannot you know, come up with a new food uh, uh, you know, product per se, but what we can do is come up with a food concept mm-hmm. and to talk about the the experience. Um, so let me um, just talk a little bit about that, uh, the opportunities in, in food. Um, right now, there's actually quite an uh, interesting set of opportunities around uh, healthy food. Mm-hmm. We talked about yeah. that. And in fact, just recently, Hershey uh, acquired uh, this brand, this is in the U.S., called Pirate brands, uh, they pay 420 million US for, and basically what they do is they uh, have this healthy version of Cheetos. Okay, so uh, and they're gonna merge it into this earlier brand they had um, acquired for 1.6 billion called Amplify, and it's all healthy snack food. So there's a lot of opportunities around healthy food because millennials are coming on into the economy, and millennials want to eat healthy food. Nobody yeah. wants to eat unhealthy food. So there are really two responses for food companies. You either get healthy, make healthy food, or you rebrand your food as being new experiences. Right. Okay. So uh, there's some interesting opportunities there, and we feel that uh, uh, having this kind of boot camp where you can IDA and have diversity of thinking mm-hmm. can spur some innovative ideas. And so we're looking for conceptual prototypes, perhaps mm-hmm. new experiences. We're also looking for people who are... Uh, interested in the food science space, um, particularly in the areas of perhaps vegetarian. I'm a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. I just turned vegetarian uh, two years ago. Uh, I can tell you there's not that many choices. And we're just clamoring for choices. So um, yeah. right now, vegetarian claims uh, in Southeast Asia have increased by 140% in recent years. Um, and China, they love healthy eating. So it's a big market opportunity, and it's an underserved market. Mm. Okay, So that's what we're trying to do is to stimulate how can we go after this underserved market. So, um, Petrina, as a food scientist, have I got that right? Um, I'm a nutritionist and a food scientist. Oh, nutritionist and And food food scientist. scientist. Um, How do you see your role in this? Okay, I mean, I started off as a food scientist, and um, I've always had this passion of wanting to create food and see it on the shelves. And you, you get a, a great uh, sense of achievement, you know, that you've seen this lovely food. But after a while, it comes to you that, you know, that, that food has to serve a particular purpose. I mean, yes, you can indulge in your food and be happy about it, which most of the, the I would say, the millennials are, are currently, they're a mixed group of them. I mean, they, they love to snack because that's the, the kind of lifestyle that's led us to. 
we we haven't really got time to kind of sit down and have a three square meal. So we're constantly picking up foods along the way, and and uh, so now even snacks have got that value. And we've got the jam packet with you you know lots of nutrients, so making it nutrient dense for the individuals. So thinking along those lines, I thought, hey, it's important for us to to think about nutrition. So that's one of the reasons why I've gone along that road of being a nutritionist. And so by combining the two areas, being a food scientist and a nutritionist, that puts gives me that little um, advantage of deciding, you know, what sort of foods actually would be important if you're doing food innovation, for example. So as as we know that in in, in the world population, yes, um, it's it's not the birth rates are dropping anyway, and uh, so with the little manpower that we have, we have to keep them living longer. So we've got to increase our life expectancies, making them healthier to to make sure that you don't get into all the various sorts of um, uh, disease states. So therefore, um, it's important for us to create foods that are healthier in in that way, and. Um, not just healthier in, in that way, but to understand the reasons why it has to be healthier. So in, in this particular feed camp, uh, if we are coming up with lots of concepts, food concepts, I think it's important to feed them with the background information of where it should be leading us to in the next decades or in a few decades, you know. Mm. And it's important that there are major issues to solve and it's, it's malnutrition, whether you see it's over or under, they're both important. I mean, in, in the developed nations, it is overnutrition. And in the uh, less developed countries, you have undernutrition. So how do we solve these two very different, diverse solutions? And if they can come out with some innovative uh, a solution that could solve both at the same time, well, that's innovative. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, because their needs are slightly different. And we've got to be careful on uh, the, the sort of uh, ingredients that we are selecting now when we are creating these new foods. Uh, just yesterday, as I was mentioning in passing, that we, we had a food conference, a food and nutrition conference, and we had together about more than 100 um, industry partners, and they were made up of manufacturers, uh, food service restaurants and caterers, and also from the healthcare, we had dietitians and nutritionists as well, all sitting on the same platform. So it's important to discuss what would be the food source, you know, and we were trying to push for plant-based proteins because um, an you, you still need to, if you eat healthily and you're saying, okay, let's lower the carbs, then what would we be putting on our plates? So it has to be, you know, looking at a holistic kind of diet. You still need to have your protein, your carbs and, and your fiber and your fat. So what are the sources? So going to its animal is going to be an issue because of the carbon footprint. And uh, it, it takes a lot more to feed and, and you know, uh, energy and, and everything else for, for the animal. And uh, so now we're looking at alternative sources. And we also realized that in, in the uh, discussion during the conference is that we're moving towards, uh, interestingly, towards foods that are now currently fed to animals, animal feeds. You know, you're looking at grains, you're looking at other sources, even like insects, right? These are alternative sources of protein and also plant protein as well. And there's some that are really, really high uh, in protein, in the composition of proteins. So um, these are things that are probably not well uh, discussed or shared. And I think it's good to bring it up to light that we could move into the plant base and that, that helps everyone environmentally as well, uh, making it more sustainable. And, uh, and the only challenge is to make it tasty. 
Yeah. 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 So so that's the part where you got to pull in the uh, the the chefs, the culinary experts, and get them to buy into this idea as well. So it's not just the manufacturers; it's everyone. And if everyone understands their responsibility individually, then it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. So it's not just for the food innovators. You know, it's meant for everyone to think equally along those lines. Uh, Virginia, hmm. um, you, oh, both of you. Yeah. You mentioned millennials. Yeah. yeah? Mm. Now, I mean, for me, I think we have to educate everyone because, you know, the, the parents of the millennials and the yeah. grandparents. Uh, but it's difficult to change people's minds because they've been consuming a certain type of food mm -hmm. for many years mm -hmm. and it's done them good. They've been happy. Yeah. So. <laughs> Is there any way that you look, will, be, will you be looking at ways of changing minds? How will you, on the feed camp? Well, um, that's a very good question. Uh, millennials are already causing changes. They mm -hmm. actually demand healthier options. Uh, there are a lot of millennials that are converting to be vegetarians. Uh, they are also far more educated about Carefully. health and nutrition. Mm -hmm. So they're actually uh, demanding salads and mm. uh, organic foods and all mm. that. So I don't think we have to do much to Correct. convert them. Uh, but however, the establishment, if you will, so that the existing supply base and the supply chain is still configured around mass production, animal protein, uh, processed foods. And if the large companies do not see this trend, then I think mm -hmm. our young startups and innovators who are run by millennials, they can take mm -hmm. the ball and run with it. And I'm okay with that too, because we can have entrepreneurs who are millennials who are building the next generation of great food companies for yeah. themselves. Correct. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was thinking of, the, of so my generation where, I mean, I would like to eat less meat mm -hmm. and more uh, plant-based. But I find that the selection isn't there. Yes, that's right. The and supply isn't yeah, quite not, there yeah. yet. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, how, you know, how long will this take? Um, is there any way of speeding it up? I mean, it, it's, it's changing. But you see the, um, the food manufacturers, the large players, I mean, they, they don't, it takes a while for the message to get through. And yeah. by the time the product development process is, is completed and you see it on the shelf, it takes about a year or so. Um, so that's why it's good to have the startups because they, they, they act really quickly. They, they, they move with, with the change of, you know, with digital mm. uh, digitalization and social media. They, they see all these things happening and they, they are quick to react. So um, in a way, it's good to have lots of um, budding start uh, incubators and, and, and startups because that's encouraging the, and building up that kind of environment. Mm. So we hope to tap on them to speed the things and push the big players instead. So although people saying that um, the big players are the ones that, that create that certain mm. demand, but I think in this day and age, it's, it's moving the other way around. And, yeah. and that's exactly why we're doing the feed camp, right. is to accelerate that development. Mm. And as you get more and more of these young startups coming up with uh, brand new ideas, I'll, I'll cite a few, um, and then that becomes social proof that, mm. uh, you know, this is a very important space. There are more people who are adopting this kind of new style food. I'll, I'll, I'll cite some examples. Um, there's a new ice cream company called Calorie in Singapore. And uh, they're being distributed in, in uh, a fair price, if I'm not mistaken. And it's basically um, a new formulation of ice cream. Tastes like Haagen-Dazs, except it's low calories. And it's wonderful. It tastes great. Um, and it costs the same or slightly less. And so... 
it, once people start to see that there are better and healthier alternatives, and this one is even better, it's a local brand, it's homegrown, uh, then you're going to see adoption. And when that happens, you start seeing scale and also uh, viral uh, spreading and adoption mm. of this kind of interesting foods. And that's what we're hoping to see, more startups like that. So will there be any large companies attending the feed camp or will it just be for startups? Oh, no, no. Well, large, we're very inclusive. Everybody's oh, invited. Yeah. So in fact, uh, large companies are part of it. We have one that's committed to send uh, at least 10 people. Oh, uh, because yeah. for large food companies, they see this as an opportunity to also do internal innovation, yeah. to introduce experimentation, innovation uh, in a corporate setting. But except we're the ones organizing it and they don't have to worry about it. They just yeah. show up. And that's kind of a cool thing. And, and they like the idea of being able to work with outside entrepreneurs together uh, in this sort of in, very innovative, um, open innovation kind of environment. And so we have a lot of large companies showing up. Yeah, absolutely. Can you, can you give any names? Um, I probably can't yet because I'm not sure if we sign NDAs or not. Okay. So I better yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> but it's already confirmed. Yeah. Okay. It's already confirmed. It's large food companies. That's yeah. all I can say. Operating out of Singapore. So they'll be sort of sending their entrepreneurs. Yes. They're, yeah. they're, they're sending people who are really trying to learn how to innovate within corporate boundaries. And instead of, you see, large food companies traditionally been sort of reliant on their R&D department, mm. okay, to come up with new food ideas. Um, and as Petrina pointed out, that usually takes some time. It does, yeah. Because in a large food company, you have um, many corporate processes and, you know, uh, you need to maintain um, process, policies, mm -hmm. regulatory, and so forth. Uh, so uh, they would like to find an alternate way to experiment. And so joining in a food boot camp like this gives them that opportunity to do so. So that's why they're joining. And um, Petrina, have you worked with large companies before? Yes, yes, yeah. we have. And I mean, that's the reason why I say it takes a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And which do you prefer? Do you prefer the startup way of um, doing things or the... Well, the, if you work with the large companies, they, they are usually structured, you know. So it's, um, it's predictable. You know where you have to do and what you have to do. And you've got lots of presentations to do. And um, with the startups, it's a lot easier because they're so flexible. They say, yeah, it's easy. Yeah, sure, sure. You want this? Yeah, okay, sure. And it's easier to put across your ideas and because they're quite accepting, they're new, and, and, and they're willing to, to run along with you. Um, with the, uh, the larger companies, they are a little bit more inhibited because I guess they've got their branding established and they, they need to fit in, you know, with, with the other range of products that they have. So... That's that's the kind of um, hurdles that we've got to face with them, um, but I wouldn't say that you know it's it's we, we would prefer to work with startups or, or MNCs or, or larger companies. They're different because the um, at the moment I think in in Singapore what we're, the government's also trying to push is that um, they're trying to encourage innovation amongst the large players as well, and they hope that if the large players are able to infiltrate into mm. the market, then the small startups are going to see, oh, okay, that's a good move because they're, they're not being experimented, you know, they're not mm. being experimented upon. So um, in that way, I, I guess both both are just as good and it's just as 
they've got different issues and they're both just as easy. I, I want to point out, it doesn't mm. matter who does the yeah, <clears throat> innovation, right. the big corporates or the young startups. Yeah. We as the society and consumers, we benefit with mm. the availability Correct. of innovations. Right? Correct, yes. So this, uh, the feed camp that you're organizing here at Platform E, that's going to be over two days and effectively over two days. Thursday two night, days. Friday yeah. night, so and Saturday. Yeah. Um, is what do you have planned for the future? I mean, is that is it just going to be a one-off thing or? And, no, 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 no. Of course yeah. not. Um, so what we're doing is also being a part of the startup ecosystem. We're also running our own experiments. So we're going to run this feed camp and see how the response is and what's the outcome. Uh, but what already have on deck and planned for next next year in 2019, we plan to have an expanded version of this. Uh, which is entire four full days of um, uh, this sort of uh, more classes and more frameworks and more experts and dive deeper into the food science. Mm -hmm. And in the April version, we're going to invite uh, food scientists from the various uh, universities and polytechnics, and Tamasic being one of them, and they have a lot of food science inventions. And so we're going to partner them with um, entrepreneurs looking for interesting technologies around the food space mm -hmm. and see if they can come up with an idea to commercialize it. So that's going to be the main focus in April next year. Okay, so this is a sort of a preliminary see how it goes. And then as you tweet, you'll tweak it. And then next year in April, you'll have a, a larger version. Larger version. Yes. And that's how the startup world works. Right? Yeah, you, yeah. you start with something and you see what the response is and then you refine it. Okay, so um, do you have anything else to add? Have I, have I sort of, um... Well, I just want to say one more time, I, I really believe that Singapore has what it takes to be the food startup nation. I mean, we, we just love food. Um, we, we probably have the highest frequency of uh, going out to yes, e eating out, dining out. Uh, yeah. dining out. We, in such a small nation, we have over 7,000 or 8,000 F&B outlets. That's, cool. yeah. uh, it's, it's just amazing. We're in the middle of a very uh, well-developed infrastructure logistics hub. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a foodie nation with yeah. people who are willing to experiment with food. And then we have a really good brand, um, mm -hmm. you know, made in Singapore. I think people trust that brand. And so I think we have what it takes to really create a very interesting food uh, startup ecosystem. Yeah, I think um, just to add on to um, Dr. Cho's uh, um, statements here, um, having met up with quite a lot of companies, you know, overseas and also local companies, I feel that um, Singapore has really established a kind of a quality mark, especially when it comes to food. And with a lot of the uh, food scares and, you know, all the, the tainting and everything else outside, um, they, they trust the brand and, and they would look if it's made in Singapore. I think it's it's a very trusted kind of a, a seal on products. So companies are coming in here and, and we would like our own, you know, uh, um, Singaporeans to, to, to try out this this opportunity to, to do a food business. And one thing about the food business is I guess it's not as difficult it's it's not rocket science you know and um it's something that we all need to do and we all need to eat so why not just embark on this you know and and if it's something that is uh, a hobby it could be translated into a business quite easily mm. but also 
at the same time, we're also pushing because the government is also trying. They, they've started this program called the Food Innovate, and they're encouraging um, businesses to also consider some of the issues like the aging population in Singapore, food for the elderly. So that's another agenda that's on the on the government's mark that uh, we should kind of focus. So these are things that maybe we could prod, you know, mm. the uh, the startups to consider, mm. because. Everything that we do, it has to be a purposeful kind of uh, a, a project, you know, in, in, in that way, especially when it comes to food. So there's a lot of people that are, you know, we're moving towards that aging population, but uh, we also depend on convenience. So living in a city, a well-built-up area, we're eating out, and sometimes we haven't even got time to eat out, and, and we just want to grab something and just put it in the microwave and maybe just do that, you know? So... Convenience food is one, and um, there's technology. Uh, there's there's even um, uh, um, factory spaces that the the government is also um, sharing uh, the technology spaces as well. So there's a lot of things that the government is um, kind of setting the infrastructure for companies. So these are things that even the startups could also tap on as well. So it's not just um, you've got an idea and and you're left on your own to. To kind of fend for yourself, mm. and I think the government has given a lot of grant supports and mm. and infrastructure, and so we hope that you know with this ecosystem in Singapore, that could uh, really kind of encourage. Yeah, you know. and I want to reemphasize that this feed camp isn't just for startup or for large companies. It's really mm. meant to be an ecosystem where uh, interested parties can come together. And, and for example, our partner uh, Chen Yuheng. Um, Sugar manufacturing. Uh, John Chen is going to be uh, speaking as well. Um, they're a traditional uh, food manufacturing company, and yet they've put together a food uh, incubator called Innovate Three Hundred and Sixty. Yeah, and so it's one just just wonderful, you know. So this is how they can transition and work together with startups in a um, very collaborative environment, and and that's what we're looking for as well. Okay, so. If, how can people get in touch with you to find out more about the Feed Camp at Platformy? Oh, okay. Just uh, go on the website. Um, I think it's featured on our homepage now. So www.platformy.asia. And it's right there on our homepage. And uh, that's featured. And you just click on it and it'll tell you all the details about our Feed Camp, how to register for it and the kind of program we had planned. And I hope to see everyone there. Yeah, and we'll, mm. we should be putting some links um, on the webpage, our own webpage. Thank so you. If anyone didn't get that, then they should come to our homepage on Asia Tech Podcast. Thank you very much, you. Dr. Virginia Cha and Patricia Lim. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. This brings us to the end of this episode of Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action. Now we need you to hit the subscribe button and head over to asiabizstories.com for more great information on how to take your inspiration and turn it into action. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you join us next time on Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action.